ABM is misunderstood by most teams, and these misunderstandings are resulting in 69% of ABM programs to underperform. I'm Christina Jaramillo, and in this ABM Done Right podcast and webcast, I'm going to share with you how CEOs, presidents, CMOs, sales leaders, and even ABM firms are getting ABM wrong. I recently had a conversation with a sales and marketing tech company with an AI platform for market research, messaging, and positioning. And while the company gained most of the top pharma companies as clients, they were really challenged with expanding accounts like Johnson & Johnson. They were also challenged with winning accounts outside of the pharma industry. The firm's president, who also acted as the CMO, wanted to learn more about ABM, but mentioned that he didn't want to talk about sales as they were already doing account-based outreach by email. And he also said, let's not talk about social as they're already doing targeted LinkedIn ads. The president already missed what ABM is all about. He was doing ABM in pockets, but ABM is about the account experience and how the human buyers and the accounts you wanna win, protect and expand feel when they engage with you. It's about how you layer your digital, social, email and live interactions to move accounts to revenue and how you respond to the struggling moments that lie in the center of every deal. Moments that are waiting to be listened to, understood, catered to, solved and reframed. Companies like Gong that are doing ABM right for the most part are thinking about how they should nurture accounts from a marketing perspective, a sales perspective, a product perspective, which is something that's often missed, and a customer success perspective. The focus is on the health of the account and how they're progressing through the sales cycle and what the ACV looks like. They're thinking about their tier one accounts. Are they moving through stages faster? Are the teams driving connections and relationships across the buying committee? This president also asked me hypothetically, if we take out the hyper-personalization where you speak one-to-one to accounts, can you execute ABM? And our answer was a resounding no, because ABM should change sales and marketing motions, should change interactions with future and existing customers and the experiences that are delivered. If you're not changing these motions, interactions, and experiences, then all you're delivering is targeted demand gen, And one of our videos, uh, a series on why ABM programs are failing and other ABM Dumb Right podcasts, I discussed how CMOs confuse ABM with demand gen. I also talked about this in a recent CMO uh, council article, which you can find in our ABM resources at personalabm.com. Now, we can't change sales and marketing motions, experience and interactions if we're focused on one to few and one to many. If we're focused only on those kind of campaigns to get accounts into the pipeline, then we're missing something. You can only change emotions, interactions, and experiences when you become 100% focused on accounts and the human buyers within those accounts. It's your learning from these individual interactions and how you move these accounts in their buying journey and customer life cycles that will change emotions. Your sales and marketing processes matter. How you sell matters. But what matters most is how the human buyers feel when they engage with you, how they engage with sales, how they engage with marketing and customer success teams. A lack of change management is the biggest reason why ABM programs underperform. ABM should be a major shift change, but most ABM programs are nothing more than targeted demand gen, which only impacts the pipeline when ABM should be about getting one more tier one accounts to revenue and existing accounts to greater revenue growth. Instead of investing in the customer relationship, ABM organizations are still investing in campaigns and things to do like retargeted ads, emails, gifting. 
and the list goes on. They still see the customer as a transaction. As Jeff Pedowitz mentioned in an ABM Done Right podcast, where we discussed ABM strategies that led to a collective trillions in dollars in revenue for clients, he said, you have to be able to think differently, ask questions differently, and organize differently to have a successful ABM program. And it needs to start at the executive level as most ABM programs are siloed with marketing. I've spoken to CMOs that define ABM by the tech they're using, another misunderstanding. Another video in our series on why ABM programs fail discusses how a CMO of sales and marketing tech firm mentioned how they were using Sixth Sense and other ABM platforms and how they were even a case study for Sixth Sense, but then later learned that the company consistently lost larger deals to their competitor, in their case, Salesforce. Too many marketers are just throwing demand-based terminus and Sixth Sense at their ABM programs and challenges and making the tech synonymous with ABM, but the technology needs to fit your ABM program, not the other way around. In my recent article on the CMO Alliance blog, I shared how ABM tech fits a purpose in an ABM program, but it does not serve ABM's purpose. You can find that article in many of my articles in our ABM resources at personalabm.com. I've spoken to other CMOs and sales leaders that think they're doing ABM because they have intent data and they're putting targeted in-market accounts into cadences. ABM using third-party data is only DM or direct message on steroids. The hallmark of ABM is first-party data as ABM is about relationships. It's about the relationships between you and targeted human buyers at accounts that you want to win, protect, and expand. It's about building internal relationships within targeted accounts as well. You want to be an umpire in the buying decision where you can bring together disparate players on the prospect side to not only understand their specific needs, but also the needs of their team and everyone on their side so they can come to a consensus and align with those on their team and meet your team. I've spoken to people in ABM firms that think that you can retrofit ABM. You cannot retrofit ABM on top of existing marketing structures, despite what marketers like John Russo from B2B Fusion say. The top of funnel cattle calls is direct messaging. If you're overlaying ABM on top of marketing structures, then you're doing DM on steroids. You're not changing interactions. You're not changing these experiences. You're not changing the motions to win with the accounts that can provide the greatest revenue growth. ABM should be focused on 10 to 20% of target accounts that you already have an opportunity, but not getting uh, buy-in across the organization or deals are getting stuck or you're challenged to get the deal sizes that you want to need. ABM should not be for lead gen. It's about building the relationship across the organization. Those that are using ABM for lead gen are missing the mark. They're creating headwinds for sales and slowing down deals time and lowering deal sizes. I see that sales and marketing teams are still thinking in terms of funnels, but there is nothing funnelistic about ABM as the focus should be on building customer lifetime value with the 20% of accounts that can deliver 80% of your revenue growth. ABM is not about driving pipeline. We should be using ABM to improve the customer onboarding experience, retain at-risk accounts, and expand the accounts that can provide the greatest returns. These are just some of the ways that ABM is misunderstood. You want to go to personal ABM backslash how dash ABM dash is dash misunderstood for a more complete review. Again, that's personalabm.com backslash how dash ABM 
dash is dash misunderstood. 